Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. talking to you today from one of the great commandments of Jesus love your enemy it is taken from Matthew 5 the Sermon on the Mount listen to the words of Jesus you have heard that it was said love your enemy and hate love your neighbor and hate your enemy <clears throat> but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you <laughs> greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you is the most decisively Christian instruction in the world. Nothing defines and separates Christianity from everything else than the command to love your enemy. More than that, nothing gets at the heart of some of our most pernicious social and cultural problems than the epithet to love your neighbor and hate your enemy this is what leads to the deep polarizations in a society related to politics to religion and to social and economic classes and exclusion it is what motivates the demonization of the other, the stranger, the immigrant, and the outsider, whoever does not belong to our inner circles. And it is what provides cover for our habits of victimizing others. So when Jesus calls us to love our enemies, he's giving us the antidote to polarizing, demonizing, and victimizing of others. Despite this, there is pushback against Jesus' instruction by many. Some resist the idea of loving their enemies because they think that it goes against our natural tendencies as human beings. They claim that we naturally herd into groups that are like us and form barriers against those that are unlike us and those who are our rivals against us. Others think about rivalry and competition as with sporting competition as pivotal to our sense of belonging and as shaping our sense of ourselves and our identity by which we define ourselves. Still others claim that it does not require any effort on our part in order to hate others. 
we do so by reflex as a kind of default position. Such pushbacks, however, fail to appreciate the gravity of issues that are created by hatred, conflict, violence, and wars, to name a few that are bred by hatred. They also fail to appreciate the enormous burdens we place upon ourselves when we teach ourselves to hate others. Here are some things that we notice about the words of Jesus. Jesus' word to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you hark back to a story in the Old Testament book of 2 Kings chapter 6 from the prophecy of Elisha. In that story, the king of Aram sends a battalion of soldiers to capture the prophet Elisha. Elisha, by a miracle of God, strikes the army with blindness and then leads them to the Jewish commercial capital, Samaria. The king of Israel asked whether or not he should slaughter the enemy soldiers in response to which Elisha advised. Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them and after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands of Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. The thinking of Elisha was a tactical one. When you treat your enemy as a friend, hospitably and kind, their prompting for vitriol and violence towards you is removed. Jesus' words is not a mere tactic, but a virtue. Here are the three features of Jesus' word, to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. The first is that the offer of friendship ought to be a lifelong approach. It was Sir Isaac Watts who said, the man who has a thousand friends does not have one to spare. The Jesus ethics ethic asks not who is my friend, but to whom can I be a friend? To whom may I offer my friendship? And it responds, I can and must offer friendship to everyone. And I must not limit my offer of friendship by my experiences mm. of hurt or injury or malice. My friendship is my tool of inclusion. It is my way to confirm and enhance the humanity of all and so to protect their dignity. There are those who can be cruel and malicious, but their action does not determine my action. My counter to their action is warmth and hospitality and kindness and friendship. There is a second thing that the words of Jesus to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us require of us. It is the offer of forgiveness as the bedrock and daily approach of our lives. The instruction by Jesus to love our enemies is not a rosy-tinted perspective that is unaware of the cut and thrust of life's experiences and the record of betrayal mm. and vitriol and violence that can characterize relationships. On the contrary, 
it is speaking to people who have been hurt or betrayed or insulted who have been badly let down by people that they have trusted and they have the scars to show for it but bitterness and hurt can weigh us down and become a burden on us along life's journey as long as we treat persons as enemies we are obliged to keep in the forefront of our minds why they became enemies in the first place this means that whenever we see them or have occasions to think about them we revert to rehearsing what they have done to us in the past and in that moment we relive their cruelties and our injuries that is a bad way to live when we live that way we carry a heavy burden and our spirits are not free at all what the jesus ethic does is that jesus invites us to let it go to forgive to turn those cars into intercessions for our persecutors those who are familiar with the story of calvary the cross of jesus remember how jesus prayed while blows were being thrown and insults were being hurled against him father forgive them for they know that what they are doing this is the template for our lives turn our enemies into friends which is the surest way to defeat our enemies if your enemy becomes your friend then you have no more enemies which means you have no more need for war or fighting no more need for weapons or for war of words or for war rooms this is the promise of the future a world free of vitriol and hate of malice and intrigue because we are willing to forgive Forgiveness is the defining feature of the Christian experience. We are those who have received forgiveness by the efficacious blood of Jesus Christ. The Jesus ethic means that we who have received forgiveness offer forgiveness to everyone, especially to our erstwhile enemies. This is why loving our enemies, not just our neighbors, is the defining and essential Christian ethic. It is what we do if we are Christians any at all. We let things go. We walk away from the wrongs that others have done us. It is who we are. We forgive. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you is based on the offer of friendship and the offer of forgiveness. But there is something else that Jesus tells us. He says that this is what is the essential feature of godliness when we love our enemies we show ourselves to be children of our heavenly parent who sends his reign on the just and on the unjust we show ourselves to be different from the tax gatherers and sinners and we approximate the perfection of our parent in heaven loving our enemy is like prevenient grace prevenient grace is what we call we can all count on it sustains our lives and the lives of the plants and animals in the world the most vicious crocodile or wild beast can count on the promise of god's rainfall god's showers of blessings life would be impossible without god's common 
unconditional grace given without regard to one's personal record. The people of Washington, Oregon, and California in the United States were hit by wildfires induced by climate change. They faced apocalyptic scenes. Lives were lost, homes were destroyed, and hundreds of thousands of people displaced. The American president was willing to withhold favors based on the blue state versus red state red state discrimination, giving only federal help to those that supported him politically. This is not the Christian ethic. It is not, it cannot be how we live. In a better day, when better angels ruled the world, after the end of the Second World War, the USA developed its Marshall Plan, through which former enemies like Japan and allies in Europe, including Germany, alike received development aid and were rebuilt that is the world in which space was made for displayed pe displaced people who found refuge in the lands of people that had been their enemies the logic of loving your enemy and doing good to those who despitefully used you gave the world a chance to breathe again and to recover this is how the modern world was built this is how its prosperity has been grounded. The world is made a better place when we learn to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. It is the platform for profound change. It is the framework for unity. Nelson Mandela in the 20th century was defined as the world's finest living citizen. One of the defining gestures of Mandela's life was that he invited the prison guards who kept guard over his cell while he was unjustly imprisoned on Robin Island to his inauguration as the president of South Africa. He did so because he had made them the tool of his enemies into his friends. When Mandela's personal action and the ethic of forgiveness with opportunity and access for all has saved South Africa from being drowned in blood. The ethic of love of neighbor is good politics. When we make our politics to become a contest among warring factions, we scorch the earth. If on the other hand, we have our, politics, our political movements to become contests of ideas, where grace and graciousness are common and political opposites are friend, we go a long way to transforming our community. The ethic of the love of our enemies is something, is not something for presidents and political leaders alone. It is for all of us. It is for you and me. We can build friendship. We can offer forgiveness. We can be generous and open so that we can make a space for everyone. We can change the world one enemy at a time. Let us love our enemies and pray for those that persecute us. Amen. Almighty God, help the people of the USA, divided into red and blue states, to learn the Christian ethic to love our enemies. Help the people of Jamaica, where violence predominates, the people of Rohingya, 
the Muslims in China and wherever people are polarized, demonized and victimized. Help us to learn the Jesus ethic, to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And may that make us better and make our world a better space. Amen.